For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line That Is Right. Feels like forever since we've done a podcast, but it's really only been, well, no, it's been a while. I think not like a week and a half ago, because we didn't do any last week. Because I was doing radio all that week. So it was the Wednesday before that. That's why this felt weird. I didn't even really realize that. We're probably going to switch up. For those of you that watch the live stuff. Switch it up a little bit. And um, I, honestly, I don't know what days we're going to do it this week. I'm going to try to squeeze in three of them. If we can pull it off. If not, we'll give you two. At the very least, you will get two this week. We'll try to make it three. But I'm glad to see you guys back. Glad you guys are listening uh, to the live version wherever you're at. I'm seeing everybody post on the chat there, all the places they're from. All over the state of Alabama, the beautiful state of Alabama. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. First off the top, as you all know, over the line page. Y'all are watching it live on the Over the Line page, so you don't have to add it. You already added it, but if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, add the Over the Line page. Here's what I need you to do, though. This is this is the more important one until we get to this threshold of 1,000 followers. I need you to go to the YouTube page, Over the Line on YouTube. It's the same logo. You, you know it. Find it. And subscribe to that YouTube channel because there's going to be a lot of content on there. 
some old shows where we're doing it on social media now, but we were doing this show live on, on YouTube, but it's a little harder for people to get over there and get their notifications and all that. But for those of you that have been following me a while and you were listening just two or three years ago during the line days, the WIDE days, there's a lot of old videos from WIDE on there. So if you scroll deep enough, you're going to see some stuff on there you hadn't seen in a long time. And if you want to relive those glory days, subscribe to that channel and just go through the library. You'll find all kinds of stuff. There's there's some really good stuff on there. So um, go to Over the Line YouTube, subscribe. Once we get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to transition back from Facebook to YouTube to do the live version. And of course, you don't have to watch the live version. It's not that big a deal. You can always uh, listen to the, the recorded version, which helps me out more. So, that, uh, over the line on Facebook, at Andrew McClain, who on Twitter, and then I am new to the social media site, Parlor. All right? Now, Parlor is pretty cool. It's got a Twitter vibe to it, but a lot of the a lot of the famous people are on there as well. So, it's it's not like... Parlor's not this thing where nobody's on there and you're kind of out there by yourself. There's a lot of people on there. So go check that out. If you're not already on there, Parlor, look me up at Andrew McLean, who on there as well. We just kind of post really the same stuff that we post on Twitter. We're just trying to reach a different audience that we don't have on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So, and then for my radio stuff, for those of you asking this week, there was the opportunity to have two days, but we can only pull off one. So we will be on Talk 99.5 on Thursday, 12 to 3, if you are around your radio at that time. Thursday, 12 to 3, and uh, it should be a good time. I'll try not to just repeat all the things I've said on the podcast when I do that. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? 120,000 people dead in four months. Coronavirus wearing it out. Now, this whole thing, um, something we've talked about several times, there's a concern that there's going to be a second wave. Whatever that looks like, whatever it means, doesn't mean there's going to be another shutdown. Some places are reclosing their joints. Now, that, for me, makes me a little nervous on the economic side, but I think America, since we've been going through this for what seems like forever, is going to persevere, and we're not going to be shut down on a large scale. There's, I just can't see us going backwards from where we're currently at. We've made tremendous progress in getting back open and attempting to get the, get, get the economy started, at least the beginning stages of that, going backwards would be absolutely devastating. But as you know, you have many people on the left that is going to be pushing very hard to make sure that happens. And they're going to do it in the name of health and safety and protecting you because government is your savior but it's all political 
It's all going to be about winning the election in 2020. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Black lives don't matter. Coronavirus don't matter. The elderly don't matter. Nursing homes don't matter. Nothing matters but November 3rd, 2020. That is it. So don't be fooled. Now, speaking of black lives and how they matter, let's start off with the fact that Chicago had a very nasty weekend. Now, let me let me say this off the top because I was thinking about this earlier today. And to bring up black-on-black crime or shootings and murders in communities like West Chicago or other places. If you bring that up, you are now being condemned as being almost racist. And some of y'all have been through this, whether on social media or whatever. If you bring up the shootings that have been going on and the killings that have been going on in the black community, not just this Father's Day weekend, but for so long, then you get slapped with the racist label if you're using that to offset how many cops are actually killing members of the black community, right? For me, y'all know me. Y'all been listening to me for a while. Y'all know whether a black man's been killed by police or not. I bring up these numbers in places like Chicago all the time. Because it's not a problem that I am only going to bring up when it's in the news. Or when it's popular to talk about. Or when it's part of the subject matter. I'm going to bring it up all the time because it's a pervasive problem in the community. And nobody in these liberal cities are doing a thing about it. Nothing. It's literally a war zone. People are dying day after day after day. And the blind eye is being turned. Because we got bigger fish to fry. We got statues to tear down. We got cops to demonize. We got, we got stores to loot. And cop cars to set on fire. No need to worry about addressing this issue that is killing more people, taking more lives than a Middle Eastern war zone. We got other stuff to worry about. A liberal-run city where black-on-black crime is at an all-time high is not beneficial politically. That's why I continue to bring it up. Because the people of these communities, they don't have a voice. They have nobody talking for them. And and as of right now, I mean, let's be honest, they're being talked about because they're nothing more than a talking point, a counterpoint. But these killings are not just going on since George Floyd got killed by a cop. They've been going on week after week, year after year, week in and week out, and it never stops. It never stops. And it's not just 18 to 25-year-old kids getting, getting killed.
It's little kids. It's babies that are being killed by stray bullets. It happens over and over. So Father's Day weekend, 14 people, including five children, were killed as more than 100 people were shot in a wave of gunfire over the Father's Day weekend. It was the city's highest number of shooting victims in a single weekend this year. Among the victims, a three-year-old, Mika James. Police say she was fatally shot Saturday. I'm sorry, a little boy, three-year-old little boy, fatally shot Saturday as he was in the car with his father in the South Austin neighborhood. Police said the child's 27-year-old father was the intended target when someone fired shots at the vehicle, but he is not cooperating with detectives, community leaders, offering a $10,000 reward for any information leading to the boy's killing. It's sad. Now, this was this this dad was the target of this shooting, and the child was the innocent victim. But sometimes that's not not even the case. Sometimes it's just innocent people just driving through a neighborhood. We just recently had a 60-something-year-old lady shot and killed in Birmingham just because she was driving through the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time. She wasn't a target. She She wasn't part of a drug deal that went bad. She was just on her way home from work. On her way home from the grocery store. And since the gunfire comes down like rain in some areas, she just happened to get hit that day. And it happens over and over and over. And nobody wants to do anything about it. I I watched videos and I listened to audio of community leaders in Chicago... that are begging the people of the community to focus on this issue. Because the more you allow politicians to distract, and again, this is an outsider speaking for those on the inside. I don't live in Chicago. I don't live in those communities. I don't live with a fear of not being able to walk outside my house at 9, 10 o'clock at night. I don't fear getting struck with a stray bullet when I go to the grocery store where I live. But my heart breaks for those people that do, and that's why I refuse to let that topic go by the wayside or just be a talking point when it's convenient when there's a conversation about race and violence. I'm not going to do it. And I catch so much heat for bringing this up too. For one reason, one reason only. It's because I'm white. Because I'm white, I'm not allowed to speak on these issues. Because I'm white, I don't know what it's like. I'm not from the area. My opinion doesn't count. 
That's fine. That's the way you want to view it. But I'm going to keep speaking up until others start speaking up for me. Until others start speaking up for them. I'm going to keep banging the drum. It's sad. It's sad. It's so sad. There's a video on YouTube that it's called, it, it was It was put together, and I may try to share it with you. It's got a lot of salty language, but but wow. It, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's a mixture of how awful the environment is in some of these areas because of the violence. It's a video that promotes or 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 highlights the misguided efforts of Black Lives Matter and it highlights what the boys in blue actually go through on a daily basis. And it is the one of the most powerful videos I've ever seen, especially on YouTube. And there's a lot of powerful videos on YouTube. You know, especially like reaction videos where somebody's grandma is is watching a Slipknot video and you're watching her react, you know. But this is, in all seriousness, this is one of the most powerful videos I've ever seen. And if I don't post it and you guys want to see it, let me know. Post on the page, shoot a message, whatever, and and I'll get you the link personally. But it highlights the war zones that these people live in and they're trapped. They can't get out because of their situation. Because of their circumstances, they're stuck in those communities. And they have to live amongst that violence. Nobody should have to live in that kind of environment in America in 2020. Nobody. Those communities have to be cleaned up. And instead of those communities getting cleaned up, we get protesters from other cities, from other states, come into those areas and take what little they do have, burn down their stores, loot their liquor stores, burn down their CVS, their targets, whatever. And then leave them with nothing. And then those people just go on about their merry way. Go back to their subdivisions in the next state over. And those people are left to pick up the pieces. And then what do the the elected officials do? They suppress the police in the area. They bow down to the mob and start having conversations about abolishing the police. Or they beat the police down so much that morale hits an all-time low and police are scared to do their job. And if you don't believe when morale hits a low in a police department, if you don't believe that makes the community less safe, you're out of your mind. When police are scared to do their job, because they know one wrong move could put them in jail for the rest of their life, or, as we've seen with the Atlanta police officer, could get a trigger-happy prosecutor to try to put you in the electric chair, they're not going to do their job effectively. They're going to tiptoe 
around every single call, around every traffic stop. Because they don't want their life ruined simply for trying to protect the community. The way you clean these streets up, the way you clean up areas like Chicago, the way you stop the death and destruction of black men and women is you up the police presence, not lower it. Every stat, every data point you look at will show you more police equals less crime. There's no arguing that. There's no way anybody can argue that point. They can argue with their feelings and they could possibly give you a lengthy argument as long as you don't pull the numbers out. But once you show them the numbers, that's it. It's the end of the story. More police equals less crime in every single scenario. Less crime, less shootings, less death. So the abolish the police movement by the people that claim Black Lives Matter are doing nothing but promoting the genocide of black lives. That's what you will get. I mean, I'll keep speaking on that issue till I draw my last breath. I don't care what color I am. Those people, whether it's a, 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 a drug addict, a gang member, or whatever that's getting shot and killed, those are still human lives. And because crime is king in those communities, those people will continue to die. Whether it's the pastor at the local church, or it's the gang member out there selling drugs. It's still a human life, and they're being lost at a rapid pace. So, there's my rant on that. We will continue to bring you those numbers from Chicago and other areas until it's fixed. Now, over to where we're at with this whole scenario with outside of abolished police, but with the statues and the erasing of history. I may have to make this a two-part and take a break. The left is effectively working their way to something much bigger. And some of y'all may have heard me talk about this already, but this is, this is a point that is not going to be brought up enough. I don't care how many times we talk about it. The left is making moves to do something, to accomplish something much larger than what it seems right now. And it's something they've been doing, wanting to do, for a very long time. The one thing they want to do is eliminate the U.S. Constitution and rewrite it the way they want it. That's it. That's the only thing. Once they accomplish that, they've completely won. 
Now you're saying, well, Andrew, I mean, they're just taking out statues. It's not exactly the Constitution. Well, where does it stop? It started with just a few Confederate monuments scattered across the country. Alleged slave owners. Some of them, we don't even know if they're slave owners. We just took them down because it's an alleged Confederate statue. Then it was moving on to defacing Lincoln's monuments. Then we're taking down statues of Ulysses S. Grant. Then we're taking down statues of Gandhi. And it keeps going and going. And there's 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 no there's there's no prejudice against any statue. But in particular, the ones, former presidents, former soldiers, former generals, and especially anybody involved with the creation of the Constitution. Every time you turn on the TV and you watch the news, and you see that a founding father statue has been toppled, that is one step closer the left is, To taking the blowtorch to the Constitution and lighting it up in flames. That's one step closer that they get to dismantling the Constitution. Because here's what's happening. You say, well, why are you taking down those statues? Well, because these people were slave owners. They're horrible people. I don't care what they did for America or what they did for uh, you know, the, 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 the founding of our country, or, you know, I don't even care if they freed slaves. It's, it's all about the fact that they were slave owners at one time. Then, we don't stop. As I just gave you the example, it just keeps going and going and going, and there's no limit. The ceiling goes up and up and up as to what we've got to get rid of to... Subdue racism. The things we've got to topple, the statues we've got to topple to work towards a better society. When you topple those statues, you effectively admit those were horrible racist people because of one action, and that is the ownership of slaves. Once we get rid of all those statues and we're kind of brushing the the history off of ourselves, we then move on to the Constitution. And there may be some things in between to kind of distract us. But then we say, well, George Washington? Slave owner? Thomas Jefferson? Gotta go? These people that drafted the Constitution? They were all involved in that stuff. We can't live by a document that is written by people that we all now have to admit were very horrible people. So we've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it and start over. You know, it's funny. The president, Donald Trump, he's... (laughs) 
He's one of the most consistent people, if not the most consistent person that we've ever seen in politics. And I, I'm being dead serious about that. You go back and just watch his views on a lot of things from over the years. Plenty of interviews out there with Donald Trump. Everybody wanted to talk to him, so there's a lot of documentation about what he said about a lot of things. But one thing he said just, I guess it was three short years ago, and I think it was, if you recall, after Charlottesville, the president holding a press conference in the lobby of Trump Tower. I believe it was the lobby of Trump Tower. Was that was that three years ago? Was that pre or post election? I think that was after the election, yeah. And he was talking about what was the issue of the time was taking down statues. You remember that's that's the whole reason that thing started. There were two groups of people. There were anti-statue protesters and then there were pro-statue protesters. Both seemingly peaceful. And then you had some skinhead Nazi white supremacists come in on the side. And they started agitating the anti-statue people. And that's where everything got crazy, right? Okay, we're all on the same page. And then, unfortunately... The one girl killed as a guy drew, drove his car into the crowd. So the statue issue is the 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 foundation of of the uh, of the discussion of the problem here. Trump is doing that press conference, and it's almost as if he was warning us in 2020 at that time of what's next, George Washington. Uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson? Where does it stop with taking down statues? And I thought about that, and I started looking around, and the Daily Caller put together a a very uh, a, a very good piece, I guess a montage of different news reports, and then that press conference as well, as... Um, it really highlighted what, what's going on right now. So I'm going to let you listen to a little bit of this. Check this out. Let's see if I can hook it up for you with all my technical skills I got going on. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important... Again, back to Charlottesville, press conference, lobby of Trump Tower. Media is very hostile. This is where they got their sound bite that was taken completely out of context and is still to this day used as a talking point of he said Nazis are very fine people. Which anybody with a brain knows that is 100% completely untrue. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about sure enough, three years later, Donald Trump predicting the future. Thomas Jefferson.
tore down the George Washington statue in Northeast Portland. This was near Northeast at 57th and Sandy Boulevard about 11 last night. Yeah, that's going viral. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Please tell us that statue was also vandalized and the group ran off once officers got to the scene. We're told they didn't make any arrests associated with the demonstrations last night. Do you think this is necessary for um, an American cultural cleanse? No, I don't think so. I think it's rather silly, quite frankly. Uh, silly. You know, those, those who forget their history are bound to repeat the mistakes from their history. How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? I do love Okay, good. Jefferson. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. This is where peaceful protesters met today. So check out this statue of Thomas Jefferson. You can see it's been toppled over and it's just on the cement right here. Again, uh, we're just seeing this for the first time right now. This is not how it looked before we left for that peaceful march. Uh, we actually found out about it when we were marching with demonstrators. Someone told me, yeah, you're going to see something different when you get back. What intelligent people do is they analyze their history, both the good things and the bad things, and they learn from those things, and they're able to advance. But if you try to hide them, what good does that do? It makes absolutely no sense. As Ben Carson said, and as we've all said so many times, those who don't know history or eliminate history are in fact doomed to repeat it. You don't get to learn from those things, those mistakes that were made. It's just like any anything you've done in your life, whether it's a startup business, whether it's me doing this podcast, or whatever. It's the same thing. Trial and error. You go through, you do something wrong, you fail, you fail, you fail, and you learn from those things and you don't do them again because the reason you're doing that in the first place is to succeed. So those failures turn out to be one of the most beneficial things for you in the long run. But if you fail and then right after you fail, you wipe the slate clean and forget about where you failed and then you just end up doing it again. And then you never succeed. You never get better. You just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So as these statues continue to come down, not only is the threat of repeating history going to be there and going to be greater, but the Constitution is under a direct attack. As of right now, we're, we're one step away from that argument starting to be made in the halls of Congress, on the Senate floor. AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, whoever, were one step away 
from a serious elected official bringing that up as an actual policy proposal. And what happens when that proposal is made and Democrats are running the House and the Senate and Joe Biden's president or Joe Biden's VP is president? What happens then? Then you're just screwed. That's why this is bigger than just whether or not we want the statues there. I literally saw today, just this evening, before the show started, how rioters near the White House are attempting to tear down the, the Andrew Jackson statue. President Andrew Jackson, former president. I saw this from the Daily Wire. Rioters in Washington, D.C. tried to tear down a statue of former President Andrew Jackson near the White House on Monday, while others set up a new autonomous zone nearby. The attack on the Jackson statue comes after rioters have destroyed other presidential statues, including statues of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Ulysses S. Grant. On Sunday, the American Museum of Natural History in New York announced that they were removing a statue of Theodore Roosevelt. The American Museum of Natural History is removing a statue of Theodore Roosevelt. Now, the Daily Caller had some people on the scene, took video of the rioters destroying the statue as law enforcement arrived on the scene to, um, to stop it from happening. Not far away from the statue, quote, protesters had pushed construction barriers and sections of metal fence into the street in the area to create roadblocks. Someone had posted a sign spray-painted on plywood, BAZ, B-H-A-Z, which stands for Black House Autonomous Zone. A New York Post reporter, Ebony Bowden, tweeted a video showing the area, writing, Looks like another autonomous zone is springing up. This one outside the White House. Protesters are fortifying barricades in what they're calling Baz, 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 Black House Autonomous Zone. Wonder how long President Trump will allow this to last on his doorstep. Now they're setting one up by the White House. Now we're watching this. We're watching these autonomous zones. And what are we, a week or two in with the one in Seattle, and people are already being shot and killed. Now, to their credit, the the creators of the Autonomous Zone, the first thing they did was secure strong borders, right? (laughs) They put up walls. They put up barricades around around their area. They then armed people to enforce the group's agreed-upon rules. Which, if I'm not mistaken, that's what police are. 
And then they started a, a one of the one of the weakest gardens I've ever seen, and that's coming from me, who who is no 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 farmer. Um, yeah, but it's it's a very it's a very stark reality that we're dealing with that there are the the elected officials in those areas, the mayors, the legislators are just allowing this to happen. And it's only going to get worse. If they allow these people to keep this, they're going to destroy themselves. Right? Doesn't matter how how much they replicate, how closely they replicate the, the, the actual society on the outside of, of Chaz or Chop or, or Baz or whatever. They're going to kill themselves from the inside. It's not going to work. So it's up to the the mayors and the local officials to put a stop to it not for the safety of the dummies in the autonomous zone that created the autonomous zone but the safety of the other members of the community especially when you're in a freaking city where they up they've already taken your right to have a gun or to carry a gun away you say you don't need the Second Amendment. You don't need these guns. We're going to protect you. Now that they've done that, they're saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, we're, we're probably going to defund the police and we're not really going to stop these criminals from killing and stealing and looting and burning. And and it just happens over and over and over again. Now, it'll be interesting to watch and see what this one in Washington, D.C., what, what that turns into. But it's only going to get worse. You can guarantee yourself that. But again, the statue issue is more than just statues. Most of us agree for a lot of these, especially the Confederate statues, that we're okay with that going to a museum of sorts. Going to some place where people can still go view it, learn from it, whatever. But when we're taking down statues of presidents we're taking down statues of people that shaped this country that literally formed this country into the land of the free into the land of opportunity as we know it when we're taking those down we're on a slippery slope and we'll be at the bottom of that slope before you know what hits you and guess what? At that point, it is already too late. You've already missed the boat. I got to take a break real quick. We'll uh, we'll do that. We'll come back on the other side. Give you some more stuff. We got to talk about this Bubba Wallace mess going on. Y'all probably know where I'm coming from on that already, but I'm gonna break it down for you again over the line on Facebook. Andrew McLean Who on Twitter, Andrew McLean Who on Parlor, and most importantly, over the line on YouTube, make sure you go to that um, to that page, to that channel, subscribe, so we can then make some waves on YouTube with the podcast. Over the line, Andrew McLean, June twenty second, two thousand and twenty. Back after this. 
Donald Trump is your president If you like it or not Keep the energy you had with Barack Cause you know this Trump train don't stop Tell Beto to please come try to take my block You wanna impeach him I guess that's what you do when you can't beat him I need to dead that And I'm coming through your hood in my red hat And they say they looking for me, I say where at? Cause it seem like they all high like some scared cats You can tell the deep state that I said that Can is always on my shirt Over the line, June 22nd, 2020 Andrew McClain At Andrew McClain Who on Twitter At Andrew McClain Who on Parlor. Over the line on Facebook And over the line on YouTube Go add the YouTube Subscribe Subscribe to the YouTube, and I will love you a long time. We'll love you forever if you do that. All right, let's move on to Bubba Wallace. Now, as you guys know, NASCAR was in Talladega this weekend. Actually had the race today. It was slated for yesterday, Sunday, you know, the Sunday race. They have they usually have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday races. Sunday it got rained out, so they had to reschedule that. And they do that a lot. They um I mean it, it's a hassle because a lot of people gotta go back to work on Monday and they can't come back, but they honor the tickets and y- y'all most of y'all know the routine. But Bubba Wallace, NASCAR's one African American driver apparently someone left a noose in his garage area now i've seen a lot of conflicting reports on this and it's it's really hard to even keep up with because you don't know you don't know what's what but from what I understand, he did not even see the news. Somebody else saw it, reported it, and now NASCAR is investigating. The FBI is involved in seeing if a hate crime was committed against Bubba Wallace. They, the other drivers in in NASCAR, have stood in solidarity with this guy. You, you saw the images of them pushing his car to the starting line and all standing around him and cheering and just, um, you know, understandably trying to be there for their, their colleague, somebody, you know, one of the big parts of the NASCAR family. Now, I am a very cynical guy and y'all know this but if i've got to put my money on what this situation actually is i'm gonna go ahead and say it it's jesse small at 2.0 it is an inside job done by Bubba Wallace put up, somebody was put up to it by Bubba Wallace, or somebody within NASCAR was just looking to stir the pot even further. To paint NASCAR fans, because I feel like if this is a hate crime hoax, 
This is this was an attempt to pin this on NASCAR fans. Now NASCAR has already let you know if you are a fan, they've let you know how they feel about you. In so many words, the CEO of NASCAR is basically for those of you that would fly the Confederate flag at a NASCAR event, he's basically called you a jackass. Those comments came up when he was asked about somebody that flew a plane over the speedway before the race with a banner behind it, and it had the Confederate flag, and it said defund NASCAR, which I thought was incredibly funny. He said that person was a jackass, and, you know, you can translate that however you want to as far as who he's calling a jackass. But there is an attempt to paint a large group of people as racist or at the very least racially insensitive. So, this is Jossie Smollett 2.0 or, hey, it could even be a case of mistaken identity. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, it was a timing belt in the garage or something. You know, it could be anything. And somebody saw it and said, oh, that's a noose. That happens all the time. I just did a story last week for y'all about, uh, let's see, where was this at? This was located in Oakland. There was people that reported a noose hanging in an Oakland park. And then the police started investigating it. And then this black guy comes up and he's like, no, that's not a noose. That's actually exercise equipment that me and my friends use. We put that up there. Now, if you see the picture of this, it doesn't even remotely look like a noose. It's, it, it, it's a rope that comes down into a loop. But at the bottom of the loop, it's got like a, almost like a PVC pipe that the, the bottom of the rope runs through. So it makes a triangle. And it's probably used for pull-ups or some sort of exercise. And the guy says, no, no, no. That's not a noose. That's that's actually my exercise equipment. And the response to that was from the local officials was intent doesn't matter. We <laughs> so crazy. This is uh Libby Schaff who is um the mayor of Oakland. And so even though they know what the quote-unquote the quote-unquote noose was, she's like, listen, intentions don't matter. We're going to still investigate this as the hate crime that it is. And that's what they want. They, they want this. Do you know how many people are out there that want that in what what whatever is in Bubba Wallace's garage? You know how many people want that to be a noose? When we all should be saying we hope it's mistaken identity. We don't hope it's a hate crime hoax. But, you know, it likely is. And if it's not, I hope they find out who exactly did it and publicly 
smear them and completely ruin their reputation and possibly the rest of their lives. Because that is an awful thing to do. But history, recent history tells us that America is not the racist country it is portrayed to be. It's not. Now, there's a lot of different scenarios. I'll tell you what, let me let me let me play you the audio of the mayor real quick because this is this is this is amazing to me. That intentions don't matter, even though we know who the guilty party is. The police department has turned over the evidence to the FBI. We have to start with the assumption that these are hate crimes. We cannot take these actions lightly. These symbols are symbols of racial violence, and it's incumbent on all of us to have that sensitivity, to have that knowledge. And that is why I've directed our staff to remove any such symbol of hatred, regardless of the intention of what put it there. What a privilege for those of us that don't feel complete fear and terror when we see a rope in the tree. That is a privilege that so many of our African-American residents do not enjoy. You see... Wait, wait, did she say it's a privilege if you see the exercise equipment and don't automatically think it's a noose? Wow, we've got it, um, we got it better than, than we knew, I guess. But anyway, that, that, this is happening time and time again. It, it's the act of looking for the racism in the country that is not there. Looking for it, and when you can't find it, back to Jesse Smollett, when you can't find that racism that you're looking for, you just create it. Uh, you just make it up. You just make your own racism. And at that point, you can blame it on whoever you want. Whoever your enemy is, you get to blame it on them. You can blame it on your mama. His mama, her mama. You can blame it on anybody. Because it's not real. Which means there's no real culprit. You get to decide. You are the creator of the fake racism. Now, with the Bubba Wallace thing, again, the reason I feel like this is small at 2.0, this is not your average NASCAR race. I've worked several several Talladega races as a member of the media. And when you have a press pass at Talladega, you can go virtually anywhere. I can go when when I had the press pass, I could go into Bubba Wallace's garage. I could go to Dale Earnhardt's garage. I could go stand in the pits during the race. And literally hang out with the guys that are changing tires on these cars. I could go anywhere I wanted to. But that availability was very restricted yesterday because of obvious reasons. In the day and age of coronavirus, they were only letting 5,000 fans attend the race. They weren't handing out pit passes to anybody. And the media was even limited to where they could go. You had almost nobody in the infield, which is where all this stuff is located at. 
So it wasn't some hillbilly from Calhoun County that just had an axe to grind because he can't wave his Confederate flag at Talladega no more. It was somebody that had access and the only people that had access are the people on the inside. The people on the racing teams. The people that work for NASCAR. But the FBI is involved. And for a hate crime hoaxer, the last thing you want to happen is for the authorities to get involved. Because that's when it gets real. And that's when, if it turns out to be fake, you get the charges put on you for perpetrating a fake crime. Now, in a perfect world for a hate hoaxer, it would be a situation where you could do this and you could just have it as a media narrative and everybody could run with it. Oh, those MAGA people putting their nooses. But we're in... A time in society where we're so hypersensitive to everything that we're taking the FBI's time to investigate this. And don't let me dismiss it. I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying it's something that is acceptable or should even fall under free speech. It's very, very bad if someone did this with the intentions of of intimidating or projecting racism on Bubba Wallace. 100%. Prosecute them, shame them, make their lives miserable for the rest of their lives. I don't care. But there's a big chance that's not the case. But we'll see. All that information will come out. It'll all come out in the wash. It always does. So while we focus on that stuff, while we focus on statues and other things that honestly can't really can't really hurt us, there's a big racial problem that ultimately goes on goes ignored because the people that control the narrative are the culprits of this. The biggest racial scandal, not the biggest, but one of the big racial scandals in America that doesn't get any coverage is America's blackface scandal. The wrong person wearing blackface or having a picture emerge of them wearing blackface, whether it's a Halloween costume, a movie set, or whatever, can ruin their career. Unless... You are the elite. Unless you're a Democrat. Then you get a pass. We all know Ralph Northam. In his college yearbook. and his blackface. But it goes much further than that. There are so many people. In Hollywood and in politics. That have done racist things in the past. And they have gotten a pass for them. Ralph Northam, Joy Bayer. You remember Joy Bayer? Wearing the blackface? 
She even bragged about it on The View. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, he, he was in an Indian outfit. He wore brown face. Howard Stern. Howard Stern, as, as much as I like the guy, and I respect him for his radio career, what he's done for the business, he's done some, some stuff that would absolutely ruin his career if he were a Trump supporter. I watched a video, and I watched, I feel like I've seen everything that has anything to do with Howard Stern. I saw a video the other day I'd never seen before, and he's on with, um, God, I can't remember. He was pretending, he was playing the role of, who was the guy, God, Ted, um, who was the guy Whoopi Goldberg date, was uh, dated or married to? Ted, um, the Ted Danza? Who am I thinking of? If I got that wrong, I probably do. But he's playing him, and then there's this other guy playing Whoopi Goldberg. Well, he's he's Ted, but he's wearing blackface, and he's even got around his lips, like, really, really thick outline of white paint around his lips. And he is pretending to talk in a certain dialect that would be considered extremely racist for a white person to do, and he's dropping the N-word one after another, after another, after another, after another, and I mean really an offensive manner where I even said, and I don't get offended by much of anything, I said, whoa, that's pretty bad. You got Jimmy Kimmel, his worn blackface, Jimmy Fallon, Ted Danson. That's that's who I was thinking of, by the way. That's who he was playing. He was playing. He was playing Ted Danson from the time Ted Danson wore blackface. So it was a double blackface deal. Uh, Sarah Silverman has worn blackface. Mark Herring, Colton Hayes, Billy Crystal, Joni Mitchell. Who else? Claudia Schiffer. Jamie Kennedy. Man, there's there's a whole list of people in politics, Democrats and Hollywood elites that have worn blackface. And they get by with it. But when times like this come along and the buildup starts, then people start dragging this stuff out. And then people get caught in the crossfire and they end up losing it. Like Jimmy Kimmel. He was on the list. There was um, there was a, a, a podcast where Jimmy Kimmel was on with Adam Carolla and they, were, they did this song. It was like he was pretending to be Snoop Dogg and they were... Uh, <sighs> I, I, I tell you what, I'll just I'll just let you hear it. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, but Fox News released this audio. I don't I don't know how they came across it, but here's Jimmy Kimmel, and it's edited, so you don't actually hear the word. But it's a lot of salty language with the the N word included multiple times uh, in this Snoop Dogg Christmas song.
family hood. That was all good. You know this family was holy, moly. The Virgin Mary was roly, poly. Bringing gifts of a baby poop in the hay. There was danger in the manger. Word, the evil king was on the They packed and got out fast. Yes. You can't even understand it because it's got so much salty language and once you edit everything, there's nothing left. And to be clear, I, I am not against comedians saying inappropriate, offensive things because that's that's been the rule in comedy, especially stand-up comedy, that these guys get to say whatever they want to say in in the spirit of comedy. And we're all supposed to be able to laugh at it. We laugh at you, we laugh at ourselves, we laugh at the next person. It's something where we're all supposed to be on the same page of self-deprecation and, and not taking ourselves too seriously and just loosening our tie a little bit. But the left has created this series of rules that they expect everyone else to play by, but they won't play themselves. The left fights dirty. And I refuse to play fair against an opponent who is not going to play fair. Because you will always lose if you allow your opponent to always have the upper hand, you're going to lose. So sometimes the when they go low, you go high doesn't always work. Sometimes you got to go low first and then you can go high after that. Once you've kicked them in the nuts with their own tactic. That's just, I mean, there's no other way to put it. That's just what you got to do. Otherwise, you will not win. And if you try to play fair, and you try to do the right thing, or if you even try to bow down to their rules, or issue apologies for what they do, you will never win. You'll never win their good favor. Once you're on their bad side, you're always there. You take somebody like Candace Owens, African-American female who is completely forever blacklisted by these people. No matter what she does, they will never accept her. Even though she is outside of her ideology within the group of people that the Democrat Party as a whole feels like they own. That they own their thoughts and they own their beliefs. But you would think she's public enemy number one. That's something, I, I won't go into that, but that's something we've gone through time and time again about how the most hated people, the left, the, 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 the people that the left hate the most are those that they claim they're standing up for that don't believe the same way they do. She's just the first example that comes to mind. And God bless her, she pushes back. She don't care. She pushes back against all of it. And she she speaks truth from the top. It's much like when she was talking about Richard Brooks and George Floyd. George Floyd didn't deserve to die in the manner that he did at the hands of the police. 
at the hands of that one cop that does not represent anyone but himself, he didn't deserve that. But he's not a martyr. This is the point she's making. And I agree with her. He's not a martyr. He's not a role model. He's not MLK. He's not some sort of civil rights leader. But he's being treated as such. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. And we've got murals of George Floyd. Spray painted. Why? Why? We just put Black Lives Matter or something. There's no need to put a mural of George Floyd. Like he was a, a beloved celebrity that tragically lost his life in a, in a plane accident. Here's what Candace Owens says. I'm going to give this to you. And these are her words, not mine, but they're, uh, they don't miss the mark, in my opinion. She said, this was on, I guess this was last Wednesday. She was just hammering the media coverage of uh, the, the public portrayal of high-profile police-involved deaths. George Floyd, Rashard Brooks. Um, Candace Owens highlights how they were arrested for illegal activities after amassing just long criminal records. And most of y'all have heard this by now, but here's what she said. George Floyd, high on fentanyl and trying to use a counterfeit bill after nine prison stints. Richard Brooks, drunk driving while on probation for beating his wife and kids. Why don't you cowards stop pretending these people were changing their lives Stop sanctifying criminals. The point of me reading that to you is this is someone who is public enemy number one to them not because of what she said or how she said it. It's because of the fact that they don't own her mentally. They don't own her mind. They don't own her thoughts. And she has got a loud voice. She's heard by millions of people at any given time that she wants to click a button on her phone. Millions of people are going to be listening to what she says. And she is an intellectual, smart African-American female that the left does not own and that drives them absolutely crazy. Drives them nuts. That they can't do anything about it. Now you tell me where the real racism is at. Is it cops killing police? Is it 10 unarmed black people dying at the hands of police in an entire year? Or is it a political party that still exists in 2020 that was built on racism that thrived on racism that the foundation of their policies were founded in racism the parties of segregation the parties of the 1990s crime bill the parties of calling young African Americans super predators The party of the KKK, 
the party that feels like if you are a certain color, you have to think a certain way. Is that not the racism? The real racism in 2020? Or is it those 10 guys? Or not even 10 guys. Is it the two guys that have lengthy criminal records? Is it George Floyd being killed by police even though he put a gun to a pregnant woman or Richard Brooks who was killed by police who beat his wife and kids had had child abuse charges is that the racism in this country or is it the Democrat party I think you know the answer to that that's it for this episode we'll be back again with a new episode this week so keep an eye out for it